1: The Weekend Report is on the radio.
2: Thank you, Barry Woods. And yes, indeed, The Weekend Report is on your radio. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining us. We have a great show on tap for you today. We are going to talk to the Sheriff of Jefferson County, Dave Marshak. He is a great guy, great guest. He's been on this show before. He's been on Second Amendment Radio in the past. Uh, we're also going to talk to Nick Schroer, State Representative Nick Schroer, and White House Correspondent Christian Daytalk. And uh, Chris is out this week. So speaking of Second Amendment Radio, joining me for this entire first hour of The Weekend Report is my podcast partner from Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors, Bo Matthews is here. Bo, what's happening, dude? T, what's up, buddy? How are you? Not too bad, sir. How are you doing this weekend? Thank you for putting in a little uh, overtime with me. We, uh, If you listen to 97.1, you just heard Bo and I a couple hours ago on Second Amendment Radio, and the band is back together again.
3: I'm honored because I've never done this show. I've been a big fan of what you do on The Weekend Report, and I don't know if I've got the... Uh, the uh, correct uh, I don't know if I got the brain for it but I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in with you and see where we go with it I, I'm looking forward to it because I'm a huge fan Will the, I do want to know this will there be a game will we be playing any kind of game there
2: will be not there will be no game today but there will be fun and frivolity and serious discussion and everything in between.
3: Well, that's what the world is all about. Let's do it.
2: <laughs> also coming up in the second hour of the show, the hour that we will talk to Representative Schroer, uh, Gabe Pfeiffer, a.k.a. St. John the Philosopher from the St. John the Philosopher YouTube channel, will be joining me and uh, uh, filling in for Chris during that hour. So Chris is on um, uh, on assignment this week, Frank? He's <laughs> Is that what we're calling it? <laughs> it's yeah, not,
4: it's it's <laughs> a holiday weekend and Chris is taking a holiday. So hey Frank.
2: there's um Hi Bo. So there is uh there's there's news and there's sports and unfortunately now the news uh blends in with the sports a whole lot and you know, a lot of uh excitement here in the St. Louis area with the St. Louis Cardinals getting underway. They they opened up this week on the road. Uh, they will be when it is opening day this Thursday. Thursday. Yes, this Thursday is opening day here in St. Louis. Uh, so you know, uh, Cardinal baseball is back. That's a great thing for the area. Um, I have talked a lot on this show about how I, my entire life until the last just two three years, was was a sports maniac. I love the Cardinals, watched almost every game, loved the Dallas Cowboys, watched every single game, uh, Love the St. Louis Blues, kept up with, with them all season long, played fantasy football, really into Missouri basketball and Missouri football. And then politics started creeping in to the world of sports and doing what I do and doing what we do and always having to... Listening to politicians and everybody's take on every single issue, and it just gets exhausting. Sports was the ultimate way to unplug and get away from yeah. that. And then sports started, cre- and then politics and news started creeping into sports. And over the last couple of years, I have barely watched anything except for college sports. I still watch um, a, a, a little bit of college football and college basketball, but professional sports, I've barely watched any NFL. I've barely watched the the Cardinals. Go
3: ahead. I think that, I think what it is, is, you know, the, the professionals have arrived, right? What, what's, what else can they do besides thrive in what they do in major league baseball NFL? What we love, what I love about college sports is that their heart is still in it Mm -hmm. and it's not all about politics. They're still, they're still trying to get to that next level. And so I think that's where the separation is, at least for me. Because I'm doing the same thing. I'm watching hardly anything now. Yeah, exactly.
2: So um, there's a story this week that hasn't been uh, the headlines, but it's it's a very interesting story. And that's what uh, my, my long setup was for, because uh, I want to get your guys' take on this. This is a perfect example of what I'm talking about and what has driven me away from sports. Um, the Georgia election law has been in the news a lot lately. You know, they they yeah. They passed this new election law in Georgia. Uh, President Biden has been talking about it uh, every chance he gets, and um, the this year's Major League Baseball All-Star Game is supposed to be in Georgia, in Atlanta. And sure. during an interview earlier this week, the um, executive director of the Players Association, Major League Baseball Players Association, Tony Clark, um, mentioned that he would like – he would – uh, like to have the discussion about moving the Major League Baseball All-Star Game out of Atlanta, out of Georgia, as a form of economic punishment for, to the state of Georgia for passing this
3: election law. And, Joe, and and please explain the election law.
2: Well, the election law is, so Georgia passed new election laws because of all of the controversies that surrounded uh, the presidential election in the last few months, and it basically firmed up a few things, like it it legally put into place how early voting will happen. It opened up specific days and specific locations for early voting, so there's not just a bunch of decisions being made on the fly as we get close to um, an election day. It 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 firmed up some things about um, electioneering, and you know there's been in my opinion some very uh misleading statements made by uh those on the left including the president about oh they're closing they're closing the poll the new law closes the polls at five o'clock before working people get off it does not do that it it uh the polls stay open until seven like they always did on election day and if you're in line by seven you're uh, you, you get you're in and you get to vote um
3: it also mentioned something about no ID. Is the that water
2: correct? thing. The, um, I don't know about the ID thing. The water thing has been the other big controversy that you're not allowed. It's been purported that you cannot pass out water. Also not true. Election officials can still distribute water into the line. The only people that can't are electioneers, which has always sure. been the rule. You can't be sitting there with your Republican or Democrat uh, candidate button on and start walking up and down the line handing people water. Because the fear is that you'll be campaigning while you're doing that, so right, you can't right. go near those people. Those are the people Does they that can't- camp-
3: Because that bottle of water may say Biden on it or may those say- Those are the people that
2: can't a- pass out water. Election officials, right. people working the polls can still distribute water to people standing in lines if there's long lines. So it's just it's just been a bunch of crap. However, so now even the president- I have
3: never, by, no, by the way, nobody has ever offered me a bottle of water when I went to vote. <laughs> me it's not either. even a thing.
2: Me either. I, I haven't either. And I've stood in line for- a long time. Like, it's not like, oh, well, you've never been in line for two hours to vote. Yes, I have. And right. I've still never been offered water. Um, the So even now Joe Biden has, has even come out, and was he was asked about this. And he said that – I'm trying to find his exact quote here. But he, he said that he – here it is. He would strongly support Major League Baseball moving the All-Star game out of Atlanta, Georgia – as a form of economic punishment to the state for passing their election law. If you don't like your politics and your sports, this is this is the poison pill. I, th- I like I right. I can't even believe because now no matter what happens, no matter what happens, if I want to try to watch the Major League Baseball All-Star game, the headline around the All-Star game will be if it's enjoy- if it stays there'll be a big Kerfuffle of why it stayed. If it's moved to a new city, it'll be all about how that new city is getting all of this uh, uh, revenue. And we'll be hearing from officials out of Georgia who are complaining and uh, about how much money they lost. And once again, the sport will come a distant second in what is supposed to be Americans opportunity to unplug and get away from all that junk. What are your thoughts?
3: I have nothing I, I, I because it's just so baffling <laughs> to me. No, I, I, hey, first time on the show, God, buddy. Hey, you know, you're um, good, you're good. <laughs> no, it, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me because, uh, number one, it's just one game. It's one event. Right. So I don't even see really how that is going to play a part. Um, well, I'm sure it brings a bunch of money into that. I'm
2: sure it brings a bunch of money into the city. You know, there's, there's... It's,
3: it's a week
4: essentially of events. You've yeah. got the celebrity baseball softball game, the You've home got run derby, the home run derby. No. It's it's several nights of activities and it. parties. And and when the Cardinals had it here in 2009 at Bush Stadium, there was all kinds of stuff going on around it. parties and media companies and you know, having parties and get-togethers. So there's a lot of money that comes in, and it's it it's it, it's not just that one yeah. game; it is a larger and now, event.
2: And now, put yourself in this that. position. Yeah. Put yourself in this position that we're we're getting all excited about having the All Star Game here in St. Louis, and then um, it's somebody decides somewhere a, a president or whatever decides that you know what I don't like the way that Missouri handled. Uh, I don't like the way that the governor of Missouri handled the COVID situation. We're gonna move that. We're gonna move that game out of St. Louis. Imagine right, what we would right. feel it, like here.
3: No, I get that. And and we do make, you know, these kind of events true week-long events, kind of like Super Bowl. It's Super Bowl mm-hmm. week. There's, all you know, so much going on. So I understand that the economic impact, uh, but it just seems like it's it's wrong to be playing that into yes. the politics situation. Look at the tourism across the country is down so much from last year, you know, through the last year. So much money has been missed that to me it's it, it's kind of sad that this would be a tactic because it's really not going to move the needle on the true it's almost like a distraction Tony. Mm-hmm. You know they're 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 distracting with this sparkle of this story so you don't see the real knife over here.
2: Are you with me on how uh, how disgusting it is to keep allowing politics to creep into sports
3: and yeah. screw with it, it? is. It's you know I, I feel the same way about going to concerts. Uh you know yeah. 20 years ago 20 years ago we saw the Dixie Chicks career fail after if you read the words you can wikipedia what the dixie chicks actually said they were in in europe uh but they lost their entire career over something so benign and now we see what's being spewed out now it's like holy cow so when i go to a concert i don't necessarily want to hear and the last time it was was a ted nugent concert but you kind of pay for that uh, but same thing with musical events. I don't want to hear your politics. I'm here to enjoy your music. Exactly.
2: All right, we got to take a quick break. We're going to talk to Christian Daytalk, White House correspondent. When we get back, don't go anywhere. It's-
0: weekend report
2: welcome back to the weekend report 97 one FM yeah, talk Tony like Colombo here dead with dead. producer Frank Ladd and Chris Arps is out this week he is on assignment or on vacation mm-hmm however you want to phrase it. <laughs> and so joining me for this first hour and helping me out, filling in for Chris is Bo Matthews, my partner from Second Amendment Radio and The Great Outdoors. Uh, Bo, thanks again f- for all your help today. And yeah, my pleasure. And uh, joining us now, as I mentioned, uh, on the line is the senior White House correspondent for The Daily Caller, Christian Daytok, is back with us on The Weekend Report. Christian, always great to talk with you. How's it going?
5: It's great. Happy Friday to you guys yeah. Thanks for having me back.
2: Back at you. And thank you for uh, thank you for your time. So um, the last time we talked was before the big um, press conference that Joe Biden yes. finally held after 64 or whatever it was uh, days in office. Um, I'd love to get your insight on that. How did that go down? I mean, you're you're there every day. Um, I don't believe you were one of the 10 lucky members of the media to get a question, you're in the Peter Ducey club of uh, getting left out, apparently. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, just uh, give us some uh, uh, on-the-ground insight of what that whole process was like, and and if it was, if there was anything that was that you could compare it to. Is, is it similar to the way other presidents <laughs> have behaved, or is this uh, was this a completely unique situation?
5: Well, well, first and foremost, I think it went just about as well as the White House kind of hoped for. Uh, There were some rocky moments, obviously, given the fact that this was President Biden's first press conference since re entering the White House. There was some some rust to be knocked off, excuse me. Um, But again, I think by the time he hit the second or third question, he had sort of settled into his lane. Uh, He's at his best when he's speaking from the heart and can sort of do away with. Uh, specific policies and numbers and data and all that, and just said, "Look, and this is in reference to a question about what was having. This obviously isn't fixed. It to be like this, but essentially, we're absolutely not going to apologize for reversing the Trump administration's policies." And it was sort of like, "Oh, okay. Well, this is an honest answer. Uh, I understand where he's coming from." That being said, I think the press corps also did a good job of really. Uh, holding him over the coals on stuff that people have seen as perceived shortcomings, uh, this far in the administration.
3: Hey Christian, it's Bo. Nice to meet you. First of all. Um, and I love your work on the daily caller. Um, uh, after it was over, I'm curious to know after Mm -hmm. the press conference was over, uh, what was talked about, uh, from your, your uh, colleagues that didn't get to ask a question, uh, any Anything that stood out to you of, of just their, you know, their genuine emotion about what had just happened?
5: Well, I think more people certainly were expecting to get questions. I'm not sure if y'all are aware, but originally there were supposed to be 14 reporters in that room. That's the normal amount that the White House allows in there, given uh, the social distancing guidelines and all that. It actually doubled it. so There were 29 people in there, uh, I guess not a little more than doubling it, but. 29 people in there, we all thought everyone was going to get a question, but like Tony pointed out, uh, only 10 folks were called on. So certainly some people were, I don't want to say, uh, you know, angry, but just given the way that they had rolled that out, it made us think that more folks would get questions. But again, you know, this is the first press conference. There will be more opportunities, and uh, hopefully we'll hear from the president more in the yeah.
2: coming days. Christian, I don't know if you're going for your uh, morning jog uh, uh, around the Capitol, but you're kind of popping in and out just a little bit, just a little um, heads up. It's not too bad, but uh, just a little heads up if there's a a way Uh, to. Sorry about that, guys. I
5: had to to walk outside for a second. There was uh, some work crews down in the basement of the White House. gotcha. You didn't want
2: to hear the hammering. Gotcha. Gotcha. No no problem. No problem whatsoever. So, um, again, I want to get into a, a few specific stories with you, but I think people really love the, the uh, insight when we talk to you. I've gotten a lot of feedback about just um, uh, how you've been able to kind of um, – Uh, Let our listeners know what it's like inside that uh, inside that press room with this presidency Um, uh, since that press conference. Over the last couple of weeks, how has the uh, uh, press conferences uh, evolved? Um, How do you feel like the the press and the White House, uh, the, the White House press pool and Jen Psaki are getting along How is uh, how are things just in general with that, uh, with your relationship, the press's relationship with the White House right now?
5: Uh, You know, you really do have to hand it to the Biden administration. I mean, I I think they are probably conducting themselves in a a professional way. Again, this is only the second administration I've covered, but they're trying to keep the press at arm's length. They're trying to be, quote unquote, transparent without giving out, you know, any information as possible on potential new updates. But look, this is apparently, and this is after talking to some of the the older statesmen uh, in the room in the Correspondence Association, this is the way it usually is. The Trump administration was really an aberration just in terms of the president tweeting out his thoughts, you know, making policy uh, changes on the fly, whether that was in speeches or speaking to folks before he left Air Force One. So it might seem like, you know, this is, extremely buttoned up and extremely, uh, I guess, opaque in terms of what news. information they're letting out. But this is really, you know, the first time we've had a, uh, a president conduct themselves like it was in the 90s, but in the current information age. I mean, even President Obama, uh, like Twitter was a brand new thing. We didn't really we have the full set of video <laughs> streaming properties that YouTube gives you. So. I'm not sure things will ever quite be the way they were in the Trump administration, uh, but I think it's sort of a a healthy rivalry right now between the press corps and Jen Psaki's office. (laughs) Just in terms of, Uh. you know, again, trying to be professional, trying Mm to be, uh, I guess, congenial with people, but at the same time, you know, they want to run the messaging. They want to control the show. And they want to, you know, have have a tight-fisted grasp on what information gets out and when it does.
3: Hey, Christian, as uh, the Major League Baseball teams across America are getting fired up, I saw your story uh, on uh, President Biden uh, pressuring the MLB to move the All-Star game out of Atlanta over Georgia's voting law. Uh, a perspective from your story, if you'd like to share that with our listeners here in St. Louis, um, uh, about that. I mean, to me, it gives me a weird, a weird feeling in my stomach because – You know, sports is a great escape, as we talked about when we began this show. Yeah. Uh, Tony and I were talking about, hey, this is an escape. This is where I want to go and have a beer and, you know, a pretzel and a hot dog and get away away from from politics.
2: Yeah. I want to get away from politics when I watch sports. And this is crossing the streams big time.
3: Yeah. It is. It is. So could you talk about what you put in your story? And of course, I want to encourage people to go to the dailycaller.com and find the story to get all the details. But tell me about that.
5: Yeah, no problem. So for just for the listeners out there who weren't fully aware, on Wednesday night, uh, the president did an interview with ESPN where he was asked about this new voting law in Georgia which, you know, depending on who you ask, either secures elections or, you know, restricts people's right to vote. Again, this is 2021, everything is hyperpartisan. Mm. That being said,
4: the president said he would support Major League Baseball
5: moving the All-Star game out of Atlanta uh, as sort of a protest of this law. Now, this isn't totally unprecedented. The NBA did this back in 2016 when uh, North Carolina was proposing uh, restrictions on transgender people using whatever bathroom they wanted to. Basically, right. so this is right from the Democrats' you know playbook uh, on that issue. That being said, this is a this is sort of a sticky position the White House finds itself in, because Stacey Abrams, a former Democratic governor candidate uh, from Georgia. She has actually come out and said people need to not boycott Atlanta and to not boycott uh, Georgia businesses because this is going to hurt black-owned businesses. It's going to, going mm-hmm. to hurt minority-owned businesses. It's certainly going to hurt the city. Yeah, it's going to hurt
2: a lot of businesses in that city. I mean, oh, that's definitely. a big deal. Yeah, yeah I'm so, sorry. I mean, I'm from Atlanta. I, hmm. I know the area well. And uh, losing
5: all of that revenue that, you know, the big— um, exhibition weekend would bring would be a major major pitfall
2: especially given you know the real horrible year we
5: all had to deal with the coronavirus
2: yeah no absolutely and and let me ask you related to this story just going to the georgia law itself the president has really doubled down a couple of times And what I would characterize as very misleading statements about the Georgia law, Um, he's talked about he's he's really uh, harped on the water situation. And and, and in at least the clips that I've seen, he makes it sound like nobody's allowed to give water to somebody who's been standing in line for a long period of time. And that's not true. Electioneers are not allowed to give people water, which has always been the case. It's the case across the country. You can't have somebody that's got a Republican or a Democrat T-shirt and hat on walking up to people in line and giving them anything. But but poll workers can still give people water in line. He's talked a lot about the polls closing and how this is going to close the polls early at 5 o'clock and working people won't be able to go uh, and vote, which is also not true. The polls will still open and stay open until 7. 7. 7 o'clock on Election Day and anybody in line by uh, 7 o'clock on Election Day, I assume he's talking about uh, the new dates that have been added, the early voting dates uh, that have been added to the Georgia calendar that uh, allow early voting on particular days between the hours of 9 and 5. But the president doesn't say that those are the days he's talking about in the statements that I've seen him make. Uh, What has that conversation been like with Jen Psaki or at least, you know, you and your colleagues there at the White House? Has the White House ever clarified exactly what they mean when they make these statements? And um, am I seeing am I not seeing the parts where they are being more clear about the issues that they have with this bill? Well, it's funny
5: that you bring this up, because as of 1215 right now, when we're speaking Eastern Time, I'm preparing to ask this very question. Great. Uh, that's That's awesome. Coming up in about 15, 20 minutes. And look, here's the deal. I don't think you're wrong, and it's not just conservatives who are voicing that. The The Washington Post, CNN, even the Atlanta Journal-Constitution down in Georgia have all issued corrections or fact checks of that exact line that you talked about that the president has been issuing, specifically about how this new law closes the polls earlier than it would have in the past. And look, Jen Psaki was asked about it on Thursday, and she sort of got away with it because... The reporter and I, I, I don't mean to disparage my uh my my fellow correspondents but like the reporter flat out just clearly also hadn't really read the language of the law either and so he bumbled up a little bit and i think given the fact that the media uh corporate media cnn washington post at this point are saying look we don't approve of this law that being said the president is making false statements about what specifically it does they're going to have to back off this there's going to be a backlash because again i mean you guys remember this person named Donald Trump, he used to talk about fake news all the time. And this is quite literally fake news not being put out by a White House spokesman, but being put out by the president of the United States. And when you got CNN, Washington Post, Atlanta Journal-Constitution all calling you out on that, you're going to have to change your line sooner than later. That being said, they have not yet apologized for spreading the falsehood. So that's my goal for today. We'll see uh, if Jen gives us a different line or not. Uh, But I'm sure you guys will probably see this footage when this is airing on Saturday. So uh, you can make your own decision uh, on what the administration will be doing on that line.
3: Yeah. Did you have something, Bo? You look like you... Uh, I'm, no, no, I, I, I just, I wanted to actually he on a percentage level. I didn't know
2: if that was the, I didn't know if that was I have a question look or if that was uh, I'm listening intently look. Sorry.
3: <laughs> I just look like every other American out there right now. Um, uh, he, I, just from your gut feeling, Christian, uh, when Jen Psaki says I'm going to circle back, what's the percentage of her actually successfully circling back oh, with yeah. the answers you yeah, are looking? Yeah, We hear that for? a
2: lot every day that she's going to go check her her sources. Is she uh, 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 really good at, at getting back? to those reporters with that information?
5: Yeah, I I will say I I think she does about as good of a job as she can do with the uh, restrictions that the White House has clearly put out there in terms of putting information out into the public sphere. I think publicly she probably does it about 50 percent of the time, which, you know, if you're in High school would be a failing grade, but if you're in the major leagues, that would be a Hall of Fame batting average. So
4: uh,
5: is, is very important here. But I, you know, they, they the, the press team does communicate with reporters behind the scenes. Just because they don't say something in the briefing room doesn't mean they're not, you know, being open over email or you know in person. Uh, so I, I do think she's doing about as good of a job as you could expect. Uh, obviously, we always want more information and more access to, to policy news, but I, I'm, I'm not going to. You know, criticize her for for a verbal, I guess. Uh, Mm -hmm. I I think she's doing a good job on that end.
2: Christian, really appreciate the insight. It's always uh, uh, great, uh, interesting information every time we get a chance to talk to you, and we really appreciate your time. Uh, we were just talking about that Major League Baseball All-Star issue in the segment before you were on, uh, so uh, I encourage people to go to the Daily Caller and obviously check out all of Christian's work, uh, but definitely, if that uh, story interests you, make sure you check out Christian's story about the Major League Baseball All-Star game, and I will be uh, watching closely to see if you get your your question uh, asked and answered by Jen Psaki today <laughs> regarding uh, regarding this uh, Georgia law, this uh, voting law situation, that's uh, that's really really great stuff. So, uh, in the meantime, before we get another chance to talk to you, Christian, if people want to read your stuff, follow you on social media, all of that good stuff, how do they do so?
5: You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Talk Radio, T O C Radio. Uh, Tony and Bo, thanks for having me on again.
2: It's always a pleasure. You bet that is Christian have, Day Talk. Have
3: a good Easter, Christian. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I forgot. It's
2: Easter weekend. We haven't even mentioned that on the show yet. Happy Easter. <laughs> we have got to take a quick break. Check out uh Christian. He's the senior White House correspondent for the Daily Caller. And don't go anywhere, we're gonna to talk to Sheriff Dave Marshak when we get back to the weekend report.
4: So Chris gets to see this, and has Bo
2: seen you do your fake air guitar here? He can see me right now.
3: I'm seeing it now.
2: I'm into it's a little it, man. awkward looking, isn't it? It's good stuff.
3: It? It's the smooth,
2: sultry sounds of Perry Woods, on 97.1 <laughs> FM Talk. Perry is. uh, hey,
3: Go ahead, Bo. If you ever get a new air guitar, can I have that one you have? You can. I'll, I will. I'll sign. I'll <laughs> autograph
2: it, and I'll give it to you. <laughs> Perry Woods is the uh, soundtrack of The Weekend Report. We play his music every week. Uh, He's a friend of mine. He's a friend of the radio stations. He's been in the St. Louis music scene for over 20 years. And uh, we always say, you know, uh, if you want to get more of his music, you can download it on iTunes and Amazon and just about anywhere that you Get music, um, and if you don't download Perry's music, download uh, some other St. Louis uh, musicians' stuff and always support local music. It's a big deal, especially right now as things are finally starting to get back to normal. Um, more venues are opening up. A lot of these people that rely on the on the gig economy um, for their living are finally getting back on stages, um, and uh, it's just important stuff. So support local music, and we always appreciate uh, Perry for letting us use his music. Yeah, Bo?
3: Yeah, don't you have? do you have a live concert show coming up at the Old Rock House? Is that um, still happening?
2: Actually, there is. So the show at the Old Rock House um, is not happening. I We announced <sighs> that about a month ago on Twitter that due to um, extended COVID restrictions that we did not know were happening, um, that show has been postponed until October. It's not canceled. It's postponed until October. However... However,
3: we'll sell you tickets anyway.
2: (laughs) There is no, there is another show that I will be announcing very, very soon. Uh, that is going to be happening this spring, that is going to get the band back on stage earlier than having to wait till that uh postponement uh, in October. And we will have details on the that for you very,
3: very soon. Uh, So to see Tony playing his air guitar, you're going to have to buy it. That's exactly
2: right. That's exactly (laughs) right. Uh, That is Bo Matthews, not Chris Arps. Chris is out this week. Bo is helping me out uh, and has been here for this first hour, the second hour of the show. Uh, Gabe Pfeiffer, a.k.a. St. John the Philosopher, is going to be here uh, in studio with me. So, Bo, thanks again for all your help today. Uh, Of course, uh, producer Frank Ladd is here with me as well. And, um, you know, Bo and I do Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors together each and every week. I'm glad you mentioned it was Easter weekend because we just did Second Amendment Radio and mentioned, you know, and I said Happy Easter Weekend, and I forgot that we hadn't said Happy Easter Weekend on this show yet. So uh, it's, I'm glad you uh, reminded me to do that. So thank you uh, for spending a part of your Easter weekend with us here. And speaking of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors, since Bo is here, I thought we'd bring a little bit of that show to this show And joining us now on the line is the sheriff of Jefferson County, Sheriff Dave Marshak, who is a regular on Second Amendment Radio and has uh, been here with us on The Weekend Report as well in the past. And it's always great to talk with you, Sheriff. How are you doing, buddy?
4: Gentlemen, good afternoon. Doing well.
2: Good, good. So uh, before we dive in, it's been a little while since we've had a chance to talk with you. It's certainly the first time that we've talked to you this spring as the uh, weather is warming up and days are getting longer and people are finally being able to move around outside. Uh, Just in general, how are things down in Jefferson County?
4: Things are going well. No complaints. Uh, what do I have to complain about other than ammunition prices these days?
2: <laughs> <laughs> which continues.
4: If it keeps going this way, look, I'm going to have to dive into my personal collection and put some, some items up for sale because uh, this is getting a little ups, uh, obscene. But uh, at the same time, uh, you can't blame anybody with some of the policies that we see are uh, being uh, discussed in Washington.
3: Uh, Sheriff, how are you, buddy? Um, I've, I've got some news about uh, the fifth annual Big Dogs Poker Bash. It supports the Eureka Police Officer Support Fund. And we had two uh, firearms that we are raffling off, and uh, the tickets went so quick. One was a 9mm and one was a, a Henry twenty two long rifle. But then I was at a meeting just this past week, and uh, Chuck Mayer, uh buddy of mine, he, he's the president of our organization, he goes, uh, man, if we could get a case of ammo, to to raffle off we would sell a whole bunch of tickets and uh-huh. if you don't mind me if you don't mind me mentioning southern armory is going to help us acquire a case of nine mil wow. and so, sheriff i will be i will be hitting you up to uh, buy some raffle tickets for our group
4: yeah, of course of course i'm glad to
2: help
3: you know what bo, <laughs> bo just uh let people know about that event Uh, So basic, yeah, Texas Hold'em is a a game that I've loved for years. And so we started doing these fundraising uh, big, big games. But it's like a house game for those people that have tried to get together with friends and play cards or play trivia games or whatever. During COVID, uh, we did our last one, the fourth annual, back in February last year, just before the shutdown. Well, this one we pushed from our February event to May 16th at uh, Brookdale Farms in Eureka. It supports the Eureka uh, police officer support fund and uh, it's great food it's a great game but it's like just a big house game and all you have to do is go on to the Bo matthews facebook page and you can find the link to buy your tickets and get them uh but again when we start advertising that we actually have taken possession of this case of nine millimeter ammo <laughs> that my friends is going to be the biggest ticket item of the whole event uh, but it's we have uh these mm-hmm. days no kidding it, it, it really is and so hats off to chuck for uh, coming up with that idea and, and thanks to southern armory for helping us out jess did that not Aaron. Uh, <laughs> anyway yeah
2: i like that make sure you get the right person the the credit
3: uh but yeah uh, so jefferson county is now uh lifted the mandate of the masks although a lot of uh major chains like dollar general or uh, the save a lot's out in this area they're still requiring the masks are you seeing uh that in your uh, daily walk, uh, Sheriff, are you seeing less people wearing them?
4: Uh, for sure. I think uh, definitely the policies uh, have been a little bit more lax. But, I, you know, as we shared before, uh, Jefferson County, despite the fact that they had a mask mandate, uh, was not really the enforcement. Uh, particularly the sheriff's office was not the enforcement arm of that order. And so uh, I think there was probably less compliance in Jefferson County along with St. Charles County and some of the other uh, outliers from St. Louis.
2: Sheriff, you mentioned the uh, the the ammunition crisis, and it's been it's been amazing that um, this how this run on the firearms industry on um, on popular common size you know handguns and uh, um, uh, popular sizes of ammunition for twelve months. It's like it's not let up. It's incredible. And we talked to our great sponsors like Southern Armory and Razorback Armory and Osage County Guns. And these guys say that there's no sign of this letting up and that um, a big part of the sales from this year have been first-time gun owners. As a member of law enforcement... Um, How do you feel about that, about so many people in our area and across the country um, having guns for the first time in their lives? Is that something that um, that you support or is that something that concerns you as um, as a law enforcement officer?
4: No, 100 percent on board. Look, uh, we have some uh, global shipping issues as a result of the pandemic. I think there's uh, some supply issues. And then, again, we can't uh, overlook the obvious of what's going on in Washington Uh, If you're a homeowner, you have to see some of these um, things that are going on around us, whether it be the disincarceration narrative, uh, quote, progressive prosecutors that don't want to hold people accountable. I I think uh, as a citizen, you have a right to protect yourself and your family. And I think uh, moving forward, I've seen a lot of first time uh, firearms purchasers have reached out to us. And, um, you know, I think we're seeing unprecedented numbers of CCWs. I think Uh, The other day we had 44 uh, people renewing their CCW in one day. I think there's some real issues out there, and I think as citizens we have a right to protect ourselves. And um, so I'm excited. I think we have a lot of great firearm owners uh, in our county, and I know uh, throughout the entire region. So it makes me feel comfortable.
3: Yeah, and I think uh, with the uh, the lax, uh, not, not lax, but the uh, the more understanding laws of the Second Amendment in Missouri and Jefferson County as opposed to just across the river, it's so different um, that, you know, as as the sheriff of Jefferson County, and, and, you know, if you're listening in St. Charles County, this may pertain to you too, uh, as the sheriff, you have your team of deputies on your team. What is the what is like the first rule you would tell a brand new gun owner mm. um, when you are, you know, if they were to call you? Well, they're not going to call you. We don't want them to call you. Not unless I need to. But I mean, <laughs> what would you tell a first uh, first time gun owner, Sheriff, uh, the best advice that you have?
4: Well, in terms of uh, just ownership, right, just to follow the basic firearm principles of safety, Um and so uh, it sounds simple sometimes, but, you know, when you renew your CCW license with us or your uh, first-time CCW holder, we give you a list of kind of do's and don'ts and everything from uh, making sure that you carry your firearm in a holster and not just throw it in your waistband. We've had some accidental discharges as a result of that. Uh, but it's the basic, simple things with firearms.
2: Sheriff, there was a, a, a terrible story out of Virginia uh, this week that it- – It involved an eighth-grade girl getting killed by um, an apparent classmate. Uh, The shooter has not been, or at least last time I checked the story, hadn't been identified. But but the shooter's age was confirmed to be 14. And it just brought up to me um, um, something that uh, – an issue, a question, a debate that happens when there are minors involved in – uh, in shootings or in 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 murders with whether uh, uh, whether a gun is used or not. And I just wanted to get you since we have the chance to talk to you, I just wanted to get your thoughts and actually Bo, you and I've never talked about this either. I'd love to get both of your thoughts on this. Where do you come down on charging minors as adults? Is there a fine line or is it a case by case? Um, you know when there's when these tragedies happen, and it's such a young person, do you have a personal thought on on how charging should go?
4: Yeah, I think it's a case-by-case case basis. I mean, without a doubt, when I worked up in North St. Louis County, I think it's, a, it's there's much more violence down there, or correction, up there. I think that uh, there was a lot of times where I encountered juveniles who were uh, 13, 14 years of age. They had seen more violence and dealt with more issues at 13 or 14 than certainly a— Uh, kid from the suburbs, I think that, um, you know, I think everything has to be examined and looked at in terms of uh, sentencing guidelines, but I don't think it's a one-size-fits-all approach.
3: I think we can all agree that it's a horribly sad situation, Um, but, uh, and and I'm not going to get on the big bandwagon of, uh, you know, Call of Duty, video game type of experiences, but there is some truth to know that uh, you, there's a desensitation, desensitization, what's the word, desensitization, Sure. People
2: are desensitized.
3: Violence. That's it, right there. Thank you. Um, be, because they they go through thousands and thousands yeah. of scenarios like this on a video screen, and and I've said this about like the Walking Dead or any kind of zombie thing. Uh, you know, it it kind of is is a, a a preview of what we're going to see in real life, and so we are desensitized. Now that I can say that word. Hmm. Um, uh, it 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 is very sad uh, a childhood friend of mine actually shot his sister uh it was an accident uh so there there's also that is it malicious or is it is it yeah. truly an accident yeah I'm with you and, um, I'm, and I'm really with
2: you, sheriff that that what, a, a case by case is the um uh is is my approach to it as well but it always is such a a fascinating conversation and Uh, You know, when when these uh, tragedies pop up, Uh, we're almost out of time. Uh, I want to end on a little bit lighter of a note. Uh, Bo, should we um, (laughs) should we invite Sheriff Marshak to be a part of our bear hunting team uh, this fall? Uh, if you listen are you
3: to- <laughs> kidding he's a better shot than any of us yeah if
2: we uh if you listen to second amendment radio earlier today or you haven't heard that show yet uh with Bo and i we talked about how the state of missouri announced uh their first ever black bear hunting season uh it sounds uh pretty exciting uh to me sheriff what about you
4: well listen as you know i'm an avid hunter i love spending time outdoors uh i spend most of my time bow hunting for deer and Um, I will tell you that I shoot a lot of different game, but I only shoot game that I eat. So I'm going to have to pass on the bear. (laughs)
3: All (laughs) All right. He's not on the team. That's all right. I was I was gonna say I'll go bear hunting with anybody that I can run faster than.
2: <laughs> there you go. As long as you're, yeah, <laughs> you don't have to be faster than the next person, the person next to you. You just have to be faster than one other person in the group. <laughs> That's right. That is Sheriff yes, Dave Marshak from Jefferson County Sheriff. Uh, yes, Volga- have a good day. Yeah, I
6: appreciate it.
2: Yeah, is there a, is there a social media spot for you or for the uh, department that people can follow?
4: Oh, you know, I'm always active on Twitter. I get a lot of feedback (laughs) feedback on that. And, And, of course, my... My Twitter, at Sheriff Marshak, sometimes is political, and I'm not afraid to speak the truth and shoot some truth bullets from time to time. So uh, check it out on on Twitter if you want the real me.
2: Appreciate that, Sheriff Dave Marshak. (laughs) Thanks for your time. Bo, thanks for helping out this week as well. Got to take a quick break, and we'll be back with our number two. Gabe Pfeiffer, a.k.a. St. John the Philosopher, going to join me for that. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to 97.1 FM Talk.
1: Time for your favorite show. The Weekend Report is on the radio.
2: Thank you, Barry Woods. We can Report on your radio. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you missed anything in that first hour, uh, Bo Matthews, my partner from Second Amendment Radio and The Great Outdoors, joined me for the first hour because Chris is out this week. And we talked to the Sheriff of Jefferson County, Sheriff Dave Marshak. We also talked... To Christian Daytok, the senior White House correspondent for the Daily Caller. Great information and insight from both of those guests. And uh, you can get our podcast on the Audacity app, uh, formerly radio.com. If you had the radio.com app, uh, chances are it just updated itself and it changed from Radio.com to Audacity and you don't have to do anything. If you've never downloaded our app before, um, it is no longer Radio.com. It is Audacity. So go and download that app. It's the same thing. does all the same stuff. You can stream the station there. You can download podcasts there. It's all free. Uh, it's great stuff, so make sure you check us out. You can get the Weekend Report podcast just about anywhere you get podcasts, but the Audacity app is the best place to do so. Uh, my name is Tony Colombo, and we have just experienced for the first time in show history a full shift change at the top of the hour. Producer Frank Ladd is no longer here. Producer Jake is now here with us. Hello, hello. And Bo Matthews is gone, and and now helping me out and sticking around for the entire second hour, as I mentioned, is Gabe Pfeiffer, a.k.a. St. John the Philosopher from the St. John the Philosopher YouTube channel. Hey man, could be here. Yep, good you got to turn his microphone on. Uh, on? Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. There there, there <laughs> Now you turn yep.
6: mine off. See, this is it's a <laughs> shift. Yours isn't off. Now mine's off. Yours is, off. Yours off. is Mike. Ch- I blame yes. Frank. <laughs> <laughs> I do, too. <laughs> and he said shift change. I did this <laughs> yes. last
2: week. He said shift change, yes, folks. Yes. So just so you know. Take it easy there, and, FCC. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, joining us on the phone now, uh, if we can get that working, is hey. our friend. <laughs> hey. Mark. Easy. (laughs) State Representative Nick Schroer, Representative Schroer. Always great to talk to you, buddy. How's it going?
7: Oh, it's going great. You guys are just having a... uh grand old time over there with yeah. a rocket scientist, a whole new crew. I love yeah. it.
2: Yeah, it was seriously. It, it was. Uh, it was like I watched the 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 uh, put the time cards get punched, and you know Frank leaves, Jake comes in, Bo hangs up, gabe walks a in. there's just whistle involved. Yeah, just no crazy
7: plot happened it's, it's, there. It's kind of like break. it's like that Cardinals game, the home or the not the home opener, but the season opener. You guys score enough runs, you're going to bring in another crew so your starters <laughs> you don't get tired. There
2: you go. There you go. Nice. Exactly. But you're all
7: big leaguers you're all big leaguers
2: oh you know what that's uh no that's a that's actually a pretty good analogy uh so uh nick it's been a little while since we talked to you um are there any headlines right now out of this uh legislative session anything specific that uh you guys are working on or that is uh, uh taking up the bulk of your time right now
7: well the the bulk of this week was committed to the budget as you probably heard um there was a lot of dark money that went into the Medicaid expansion ballot initiative. Uh, that happened last year and it barely won. It only won a few counties and, uh, go and figure the counties that it won were, you know, St. Louis County, St. Louis city. I believe it barely won St. Charles County. Um, but the, the, the geniuses that were the out of state big funders that put their money to change our constitution, those not living in our state, millionaires and billionaires such as George Soros, that, uh, lended their hand in changing our constitution they didn't read the constitution and part of the constitution indicates that you cannot force the uh, the legislature to fund something without putting in a new mechanism a new tax increase um so even though they quote unquote passed medicaid expansion they didn't tell us how we should or could um fund this thing and they didn't give us a new mechanism to fund it so the the bulk of this week was dedicated to the budget and uh, part of it was um, not funding the expansion of Obamacare in the state of Missouri. Mm-hmm. So um, th- towards the end of the week, though, we did have a couple bills that uh, passed. One was Shamed Dogan's bill on uh, police chokeholds and some police reforms. I was able to get an amendment on there, and so were some other pro-police and pro-law enforcement uh, legislators. Mine was dedicated to the um, police officer's bill of rights. So uh, we're gonna we're going to hopefully finalize that next week, but I think next week we're going to get back to business. Hopefully SAPA, which was just heard, that's the Second Amendment Preservation Act, that was just heard in the Senate. So next week it could hit the Senate floor.
2: Oh, wow. That's excellent. Uh, We've obviously been keeping a close eye on that bill on Second Amendment Radio. Bo and I have talked a lot about that. You've joined us to have that conversation as well. Right. Um, I actually wanted to uh, touch on SAPA with you, but – uh, I'm very interested to hear about this uh the bill uh, uh representative Dogan's bill about the police chokeholds. can you let us know what some of the details of that of that bill uh entail?
7: well, right now it kind of went to legislative uh i think it's an oversight committee it's a brand new committee uh when a lot of different amendments get on, making it an omnibus bill. In this case, it was a law enforcement omnibus bill. Uh, It goes to this legislative oversight committee, and they're going to make sure that it's all done constitutionally. Um, Basically, after all the amendments got on, it would ban chokeholds, except for in certain instances. I'm not sure that Representative Dogan is 100 percent supportive of the amendment. I am. I voted in favor of the amendment because I do know even though most of the departments in the state of missouri are not teaching these chokeholds these um uh you know i think it's the carotid artery chokehold there's different types of chokeholds they are allowing for certain instances and it was indicated by a former police officer on the house floor that there are certain instances where you know for the safety of others or uh, defending yourself you may have to put somebody in what is classified as a chokehold on paper but you're not uh, blocking off their, their air supply, but a full Nelson, so to speak. And I don't want to go WWE style, but this is what was mentioned on the House floor, that if there is a, uh, a criminal or a suspect beating up somebody and the cop is telling them to get off and they won't listen, sometimes they do have to get them in like a full Nelson to pull them off of the person. And if, if you're not careful on how you're legislating, putting um different prohibitions into statute, that could be a felony under – the underlying um, not amended version of the bill. So that's why I think the, uh, the full House ended up voting on this, not the, uh, um, the Democrats. The Democrats were adamantly against that. But mm. uh, I think there are certain instances where you, you certainly have to have um, some specifications that are allotted in, um, in, in the place of law enforcement who are upholding our laws, protecting um, us, we the people, but also protecting themselves.
1: Yep. Hey, hey, Nick. Gabe Pfeiffer here. Um, yeah. Uh, and just, just, to, just a poke in on that little thing. I, if I had my druthers, I, I would kind of require Brazilian jiu-jitsu training for all law enforcement just because, oh I'd love it just because it's it's so effective for being able to control someone else's body uh, regardless right. of the size of the uh, the uh, individual but but that's that's kind of neither here nor there but uh, what I really wanted to ask you about was um the vaccine passport issue I know some mm. other states are looking at legislation to basically preemptively prohibit uh, any sort of federal uh, uh, rule coming out about that is is Moleg looking at that?
7: actually we are and this week it uh it came in right at the tail's end of the legislative week um unfortunately when we started hearing news and we you know we couldn't necessarily foresee this but when we when we saw that this was coming from the Biden administration uh in the state of Missouri we have a certain timeline when we can actually file bills it doesn't stop amendments but it stops bills so while there are no bills um to exactly on that point to stop um vaccine mandates and passports uh there there are some amendments that did get on, onto a bill which should be going uh into the the house maybe next week or the week thereafter but uh I know Senator Eagle and Senator um <clears> Onder <throat> uh good friends of mine St Charles County senators they were able to see a bill on transportation and they put a uh, an amendment on point together and put it on this bill i believe it was a uh senator out of green county uh lincoln huff uh, his transportation bill which would which would basically prohibit um forcing vaccine passports uh, if you're going to travel within the state of missouri now there are some constitutional issues Uh, the the ability to travel freely in between states. So I think that a lot of states, to your point, are going to do this if they haven't already. The biggest issue is what do you do with private companies? And I know uh, the Mark Cox show on, I think it was Friday, there was a little bit of a discussion on this. What do you do with Uber drivers who Hmm. uh, are employed? You know, No one's paying for their gas. No one's necessarily subsidizing the the use of their private uh, entity, their private car, So what do you do in those situations and how can you do it in a way and craft the legislation in a way which is not going to trigger a lawsuit from these private business owners?
2: Uh, Talking to State Representative Nick Schroer, uh, in the first hour of the show, we talk a lot about the Georgia election law and the controversy Mm -hmm. surrounding it, the situation. Um, Major League Baseball is now unbelievably tied up in that situation with the All-Star game happening in Georgia. Um, uh, if you missed any of that conversation or you want to hear all about that, just make sure you download our podcast. You can hear that whole conversation. Uh, What I wanted to ask you, Nick, was... Has there been any discussion in the state of Missouri about uh, passing new election laws? It seems like this is something that a lot of states are looking into um, after all of the craziness and last second uh, bills and laws and exceptions that were made in different states around the country last year to um, uh, account for COVID. Uh, You know, it's people are a lot of states are trying to get down on paper, you know, like this is how. How we will do early voting, or this is how we will handle mail-in voting, and you know, get it officially written out so there's not the chaos that there was uh, after this past election. Are any of those discussions happening here in Missouri? Yes, they are, but unfortunately, you're not
7: hearing about it in uh, the local media, except for on 971 and KMOX. Um, but you know, it, it's it's sad to see that the the hypocritical left, and I, I say that in all respect. But uh, ah. you know, if a if walks like a duck and and talks like a duck you got to call it what it is and here in in 2016 the people of missouri by about 64 percentile voted in favor of voter id presenting uh uh, your id to show that who you are is is the person that's going to pick up the ballot for that person and vote um that's a a very common sense bipartisan concept when you're outside of the, the missouri house now shortly thereafter it, it was challenged it got up to the supreme court the supreme court said well yes the people voted on it but in order to make this quote unquote lawful and constitutional the legislature has to do a couple different fixes well since then we've tried to fix it the democrats have tried to kill it time and time again we passed several bills out of the house this year they're, they're in the possession of the senate which would fix that and ultimately allow for a full implementation of voter id Now, contrary to that, but very similar, uh, the people of Missouri voted for that Medicaid expansion, like I indicated earlier. um, And while we were having the budget discussions, I kept hearing about the people spoke, the people spoke. We must uh, fully implement what the people wanted. So where were these same Democrats that were kicking and screaming about the people voting and what the people wanted and us not listening to the people Earlier in session, when we tried to implement what the people wanted from 2016 voter ID, that's going to be a hot button issue to keep an eye on as it moves through the Senate. There's another bill, uh, I believe, I don't know if it's representative or uh, Senator Anders in the Senate, um, but it's basically on paper ballots, which we would go back to. And I know in St. Charles County, you have the ability to to vote with paper ballots that's something that i trust i know a lot of people republicans and democrats in st charles county are very happy with how it's gone we have family members in st louis county that have even indicated in the past couple election cycles that they've clicked a button and it's it's actually selected an opposite candidate so there are a lot of issues still with Um, computer ballots, uh, if they're able to connect to the Internet. We've seen this in the 2020 election, but that's another bill that's moving through. Uh, I'm hopeful that we can get something done, especially voter ID, fully implementing that here in the state of Missouri in this session.
2: Do you see, you know, kind of tying back into even the SAPA discussion a little bit, um, states like uh, Georgia and and if if this conversation continues here in Missouri – are, are trying to get ahead of things and establish their state laws and, and guidelines on particular issues like the Second Amendment or like uh, uh, voting rights. But uh, these same discussions are being had at a federal level. Uh, the Democrats and, and Joe Biden are talking about, um, you know, this uh, this House bill that would pass federal election guidelines that would be required to be followed by all the states. Same thing with the Second Amendment bills uh, trying to pass federal laws that would affect every state. Um, I, I feel like there's there's going to somewhere down the line there's going to be this uh it's going to come to the point where we're going to have to have the discussion on wh- what wh- who's more powerful the state legislature or the federal government because in many states there, these uh uh these these laws are going to clash mm-hmm, constitutional uh, fight yeah there's going to be yeah it's going to be the the federal law says one thing but the state law says something completely different um do you do you do you see that that debate, that issue coming to a head in many of these areas sometime in what? the maybe not-so-distant future?
7: Well, before I answer that, every time we talk about Georgia, am I the only person that hears Ray Charles in their head just saying, Georgia? <laughs> every
2: time. <laughs> <Did you see laughs> every time. time? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> now, now I'm going to have you guys thinking uh, of that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. You're right. Well, well, you could have yeah. a worse song in your head, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. That's a good yeah. one.
7: Nicki Minaj. Um, But if we if the states were to assert their 10th Amendment rights and take the power back um, and I could bring up another song about taking the power back. But I think that's that's what the states need to do is assert their constitutional rights, their 10th Amendment rights, take the power back. And if the feds want to, just like with the SAPA bill, if the feds want to pass a bill, uh, whether it's on firearms or on elections, go ahead. Do it that's you that's your right to do it but then that what we're going to see in, in regard to elections are, are two separate elections we're going to have an election with certain rules for um you know congress and uh the president and then we're going to have a separate other election with common sense rules for all of your statewide officials your local officials and it, to me it's nonsensical. So ultimately, I think when we're going to have, you know, all 50 different rules for 50 different elections and 50 different states, but then one set of rules for whatever they're going to pass in Congress. Ultimately, I think we're going to see a lot of um, attorney generals across the state uh, working with the secretaries of state to bring lawsuits to enforce uh, what they believe is the the right of the states to go forth with the elections in the way that the state legislatures have deemed just and necessary for for that state.
2: Do you have an opinion on who should be the ultimate decider for a state? Should it be the federal government or should it be uh, the the state government?
7: Uh, I'm a huge 10th Amendment guy. Uh, I I ran on that when I initially announced that uh, You know, I was just fed up with politics, with the with the federal government basically taking away all this power or the states kowtowing and allowing the feds to say, okay, here's a little bit of federal money, which is basically our money. And saying, if you don't if you don't do X, Y and Z, you won't get this money. So we're basically we've basically given as states a lot of our power, most of our power to the federal government, who should be the ultimate The cider of what the states do, the states. Yeah, absolutely. It's in the Constitution.
2: Amen to that. Mm -hmm. I'm no constitutional scholar, but I'm pretty sure that that's the way that... It was set up to be. The oh, Founding yeah. Fathers wanted to he- the state. Is that how you see it also, Gary?
1: Oh, oh, definitely. I'm, I'm very much a, a small federal government, large state right. government footprint
2: sort of uh, constitutional. And that was the way it's supposed to be. That's the way it was it's set up. It's not just your belief. That was the intention. That was the intention. <laughs> yes. exactly. And that's
7: why we're the three best friends that anyone can have. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: th- exactly.
2: <laughs> uh, that is Nick Schroer. Always great to talk with you, Representative. Yep. Uh, if people want to keep a, an, a closer eye on... Every everything that you guys are working on in Jeff City, and also follow you personally. What are all the mm-hmm. best websites and social media places to do that?
7: Ultimately, the best website for me is going to be Nick4Rep, all spelled out, nick 4 It'll link you to my Twitter, which is very entertaining, at Nick B. Schroer, <laughs> or you can just go to house.mo.gov. This year we actually have a bunch of high-def cameras Um, They're not super expensive like they used to be, so not a waste of taxpayer dollars. You can actually testify. You can submit testimony this year. It's the first year ever uh, abroad just from sitting in in your computer room. You can submit testimony if you're for, against, or just for informational purposes. That's at house.mo.gov. But, yeah, go to nickforrep.com. We'll hook you up with everything.
2: And those HD cameras, we can see your beautiful face anytime we want.
7: <laughs> my glistening beard.
2: <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Nick are always great to talk with you, my friend. We'll talk to you again soon. Enjoy yeah, your Easter, uh, weekend. Guys. Yeah, happy Easter to you. Yep, happy. Easter. God bless you. Yep. All, right, go yep. All right. Let's go ahead and take another quick break. Don't go anywhere. Gabe Pfeiffer from the St. John the Philosopher YouTube channel is here with me. And there's more can Report coming up next. You're listening to 97.1 FM Talk. Welcome back to the Weekend Report 97.1 FM Talk. Tony Colombo here with producer Jake now and Gabe Pfeiffer, aka St. John the Philosopher from the St. John the Philosopher YouTube channel. Joining me for this second hour as Chris is out this week. Bo Matthews joined me for hour number one, and Gabe is here for hour number two. Really appreciate uh, your time today, my friend. Hey
1: man, thanks for having me. Yeah. Always,
2: always happy to do it. You bet. Um, so we uh it's 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 Easter weekend. Uh, people, everybody who listens to the station should now be completely familiar with Gabe and the St. John the Philosopher YouTube channel. Come on, guys. Uh, right? I mean, uh, uh people know that you are a, an African American conservative rocket scientist, you're also uh, uh, very active in the church. Uh, so uh, religion and your faith are a big uh, um, a part of who you are, mm-hmm. obviously. And um, with it being Easter weekend, I wanted to take advantage of you being in here and talk about that for a second. We had a, uh, a rabbi on the Dave Glover show with us earlier this week, and we talked about um, – religion mm-hmm. in, in America. Yeah. And this is a conversation that you and I have had, and we've had this conversation also with uh, Pastor John Michael Brown, who's a, a, yep. a good friend of, of both of ours. Mm-hmm. And um, we touched on with the rabbi the same thing, the idea that uh, less and less people are going to church, uh, yeah. are, 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 are practicing religion, whether it be, uh, you, you know, whether they be Jewish or Christian or Catholic or, you know, just it, it's it's across the board, you um, Uh, people are 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 going to service less and less i
1: think we actually passed the uh the 50 percent mark of those who do not attend regular church services so with
2: this being you know um one of the biggest religious weekends at least for the uh christians um what are your thoughts on that and what are the what is the impact that uh that can have on society long term if if this continues. Sure, yeah. Um, I
1: actually did a, a, um, a video recently. I'm, I'm doing a series now on, on fighting the culture war. Mm. And uh, one of the videos I did, you know, because I, I like to say that I like to talk about religion, culture, and politics on my channel. And, and I say them in that order because I think that's the way generally um, the society works, where religion being your worldview or the particular way, the particular philosophy that you have, the way you live your life, the values that you have, those things are individual. Culture is where all of those things kind of come together where we agree on a certain set of them that are common among all of us and our culture, including our entertainment and education, things like that kind of reflect those values. And then politics is where those values become uh, expressed through law. And I think as as the the individual religions of people in the in the country sort of wane towards a sort of squishy, I I would it, people would call it humanist, but it's very narcissistic humanist. <laughs> so, um, it, you know, when, when we veer towards that and away from some of these, these, um, what I would consider eternal and, and unchanging truths, like the ones that, that the constitution or the, uh, declaration of independence assert that, you know, uh, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness—that kind of thing. When we veer away from those things, it starts becoming expressed in our culture, and it, and that eventually it starts becoming expressed in our laws. And we're seeing, I think, the consequence of a less religious, particularly a less Christian America. And I don't, I don't know if you guys realize this, but it's not turning out so so hot <laughs> right now.
2: So I am, uh, you know, I have my beliefs. And I have my faith, and I am a, a Christian. However, I am, as you know, uh, Gabe, going <laughs> to the same church as I do. Uh, I am the last person on earth that should be, uh, you know, uh, preaching about going to uh, going to service every week because I don't go uh, very often myself. Um, however, and so you know, and and I and and you know, I I understand uh, a lot of the uh, questions and debates that surround particular issues. And, you know, and some of uh, church beliefs and how, you know, these these conversations and, and debates, uh, I think, are very I think they're they're very good debates. I think that there's nothing wrong with that. But what I have noticed um, is over the last couple of years, it's not just a. Um, it's not just a uh, I don't want to, you know, I, I don't uh, I don't believe in that religion or I don't hold all those beliefs anymore. So I don't want to go to church. It's it's not apathy. It's it's bad. Like yeah. there's been this attack on it's 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 not been like, well, if you don't want to go to church, uh, that's that's fine. It's been if you go to church, you're bad. Yes. Like there's like yes. there's this <laughs> negative thing attached to. To Christianity now, um, are you seeing that as as much as I am? Oh yeah. <laughs> and and how do you what what do you say to people that that have those beliefs that you know? Hey, your your religion doesn't believe in something that I strongly believe in, so I want to condemn you. I don't even want you to be able to practice your your faith anymore
1: yeah and uh one of the things that the the bible tells us you know pretty regularly is that those who are outside of the church you know he's basically essentially necessarily are hostile to it or they at some point they become hostile to it um you know remember that everything that jesus preached got him put on a cross so uh how much more so uh are our, our, our problems among you know his followers going to to garner the same response from the world at large so on some level we expect this but um i, I think part of the thing is uh, america having been such a a largely uh, christianized i'll say christianized uh, mm-hmm. nation as opposed to christian in that uh th- the christian religion was what primarily informed culture and everyone sort of conformed to the culture, even if you weren't particularly uh, married to the religion itself. Um, That aspect of Christianity made all of us Christians very lazy. We thought, you know, this is home base. We don't have to worry about things. Let's send missionaries off to, you know, India and China and Africa and and help those people out because they don't know. And granted, that's a that's a very worthwhile thing. I've a lot of money overseas. But but the thing is, the mission field now is is going from having been across the ocean to across the street. You know, there are people very near us uh, on any given day who are not only just apathetic to Christianity, but now hostile to it because of the turn in culture. Culture says that that some of the values that Christians hold are aren't just weird or different. They are Antithetical, yeah. to uh, a, bad. a good a good
2: ethic that should be. Do you think exist. does does the church get any? Did, uh, so obviously, some of those issues are like you know people would say uh, I, you know, I I'm gay, so uh, the church rejects me, so there's I, there's I can't. I can't go to church because right. I am rejected by by the religion, yeah. or I am uh, pro-choice, right. and then and the church is against my beliefs. So uh, again, I find them to be negative. Is is that? What do you do from the aspect of the church? In your opinion, I know obviously <laughs> religious people will have different <laughs> uh, ideas on this across the board, but. Um, Is there that – is there – is that – is that a situation where the door like there there is no conversation there? Look, if you're gay, you're against uh, what we believe in this church and we don't want you here. Is oh, that?
1: No, 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 that's 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 far. Now the pro... now the problem has been and the problem always will be I think with the Christian church is that it's full of Christians. And that means it's full of people. People are fallible. People yeah. people that's a great point. are both and and I actually have a video about this, how the Christian church has failed America. And I talk about the the two extremes that Christians go to that are both negative aspects of, of Christianity in, in modern America. One of them being the, the, um, the pharisaical, pharisaical, uh, sort of Christian, the one who wants to, to, uh, uh, take all the rules, put, put them in a big rule book and beat people over the head with them. And of course that, that creates a, a push outside of the building. Basically he's like, I'm not, I don't want to go there. Those people are all judgmental. And that's kind of where the judgmental Christian stereotype has come from. It's come from real people. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like sad, sad to say, but those mm-hmm. are real people. Um, And that's a that's a failing in because they're they're not following actual biblical Christianity in doing so. Uh, Then there are the the Christians who are. The go along to get along. It's like, oh well, it's it's okay. Be be whatever, do whatever. And and the the overly permissive Christians, um, people don't see them as being the same as the uh, the, the super law abiding Christians. But they they are actually the same. They they consider themselves self righteous, you know, because of their stance. It's just a different sort of self righteousness. It's like I, I'm self righteous because I am. Uh, restrictive or I'm self-righteous because I'm pr- permissive. Um, but in either way, uh, the, the permissive Christians, what they end up doing is they make Christianity irrelevant. You know, if, if Christianity has nothing to say about any of these issues, if if it has, has no uh, grounding uh, for, from which to speak to any of these things, why do I need it? So then it, it just turns into malaise, which turns into apathy. Mm-hmm. And then, and then people leave the church again. <laughs> so, so yeah. you have people leaving the church for both reasons, you know? Um, and or i should say by the church when i say the church i'm meaning capital c as in yeah. the, the bride of christ the people who actually yeah. literally follow the, the 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 word of god uh in the bible so so we're, that's kind of where we are right now we're we're we've got way too many <laughs> on either side mm-hmm. and we don't have the the faithful i mean most of the faithful christians we just kind of keep our head down you know <laughs> and and that's mm-hmm. and that's kind of the the thing that the bible speaks against it like you know what you, you actually have to do something. You have to engage. Primarily, our job is to engage the, the extremist Christians <laughs> yeah, and set them straight yeah, because they are a bad witness. And, and that's one of the things that prevents us from actually approaching um, anybody on the outside of the church to get them to come in. Because either we're going to be the permissive Christian who they don't need or the judgmental Christian that they can't stand.
2: Yeah. That's great stuff. Uh, we've got a lot more uh, issues and things that I want to talk about. Uh, let's go ahead and take another quick break in, uh, in one minute here, and then uh, we've got one more segment to go on the show. Uh, before we take this break, though, mm-hmm. uh, if people want to hear more on that issue and all of the other issues and topics that you have uh, videos on, mm-hmm. how do people find you on YouTube? All right. On YouTube, you just go in the search bars. Put put in Saint John. I think, you know, yes.
1: I'll, I will come up almost immediately. I'm, yes. I'm the only Saint John the philosopher on YouTube, so <laughs> uh, hopefully that'll that'll lead you straight to my page and and just jump right in. I've got a few playlists. Um, this, nice. This uh, this series is in its own playlist right now, so you can you can start from the beginning of that. I, I think I'm three three or four videos in right now and working on the next one. It's great so, stuff. Uh, here we go.
2: People that uh, know me and have heard me talk in the past know that I uh, almost watch. No television. Everything I consume are either podcasts or YouTube channels. <laughs> and uh, Gabe's is one of my absolute go-tos uh, whenever I am looking for good content to pass the time. Uh, so check him out on YouTube at St. John the Philosopher. And uh, Gabe's going to stick around. We've got one more segment to go of, of The Weekend Report, so don't go anywhere. You're listening to 97.1 FM Talk. Yeah. Yeah, welcome back to the Weekend Report 97.1 FM Talk. Tony Colombo here with producer Jake and Gabe Pfeiffer, a.k.a. St. John the Philosopher from the St. John the Philosopher YouTube channel. Chris Harps is out this week. So, big thank you to Gabe for joining me and helping out in this second hour. And my partner from Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors, Bo Matthews, who joined me in hour number one. If you've missed anything on today's show, whether it be that first hour where Bo and I talked to Christian Daytalk, the senior White House correspondent with Daily Caller, or we talked to Sheriff Dave Marshak from Jefferson County or earlier this hour when Gabe and I talked to State Representative Nick Schroer. Uh, you can get it all on our podcast. You can get the Weekend Report podcast just about anywhere you get podcasts. But I would recommend the Odyssey app as the best place to get it. Formerly Radio.com, no longer Radio.com. It is now called Odyssey. If you already had the Radio.com app, you probably don't have to do anything. Uh, you may have to update it. I didn't have to. Most people I know didn't have to. It just automatically changed uh, to Odyssey. Um But uh, it's the same thing. You get all the same stuff. It's just a different name. So if you've never downloaded our app before, now you need to download the Odyssey app. And if you uh, had it and uh, have noticed that it is no longer Radio.com, it is Odyssey. Odyssey. Uh, Gabe, I wanted to uh, touch on this with you being in here, being a, um, uh, once again, we talk about all of the things that you are, rocket scientist, <laughs> uh, uh, church leader, musician, um, and uh, African-American conservative. Uh, the The race issue has just been at the forefront of every single Topic, because everything it, is racial and everything yeah.
1: is racist, and yeah, you can, you can't you can't escape escape the ism. So you have the tism. Another another story
2: <laughs> that came out this week was uh, a, a theater in Minnesota canceled its production of Cinderella oh, because the cast was too white. I saw this. Yes, uh, the theater's uh, director said that uh, the cast was. Uh, too white, and that doesn't uh, work with what we're trying to do. That's what the yes. quote was. And the theater has hired a uh, diversity consultant to implement identity I, conscious I gotta casting. I got to get in.
1: I got to get in on the diversity consultant
2: racket because right? that
1: sounds pretty awesome. I mean, just just ran, you just randomly point is like, hey, look, white people, and then and then they, and then they're like, here, have some money, so we don't get sued. So I'm, oh man, like if if I was a completely unethical moron. Uh, as a, <laughs> I, would, I would jump on that bandwagon. Well,
2: but as an so as an African American, do you do you see this story and think, okay, good, finally somebody's doing something about this, or do you? Or is this ridiculous? In I, your I see
1: a story set in 14th century Europe that should be all white. Like I, I find it weird when I see non-white people in those settings because I
2: know history. Um, But, but, you know, what what I think people are just like there would be settings where it would be weird if it was all if it was all white people, if if, if there wasn't all black people or all Asians if it was a if if there was a story set, if there was a white if there was a white general in Wakanda, I would have a problem. (laughs) Right.
1: There you go. There you go. So look, (laughs) well said. But look, here's here's the here's the thing that I think they they keep missing with this is that uh, while while we continue to I mean, look. America is a Western country, meaning we kind of came out of, we developed out of a, a European sensibilities, uh, primarily European uh, um, uh, immigrants who started the country. That That's kind of where the culture has always been. If you want to bring in something other than that, or if you're tired of all the white people from Europe showing up, don't say, I want to replace all the white European people with non- non-white people and still claim they're European. Look elsewhere. There are so many uh, fairy tales yes. and and uh, mythological uh, 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 stories out of India, out of Africa, out of China. Yeah, you know that. that tell if those we, stories. If we wanted to see more diversity I, I in our entertainment, more. tell those stories. Yeah, we would not only have diversity of the the people in front of the camera, you know, that we or the on the stage, but we'd have a diversity in
2: the storytelling itself. Which I've, should I've be said the that point. I've, I've made that point before when it comes to like. Um, uh, you know, different characters from the past, superheroes or, oh, yeah. or other characters that get, you know, like, well, w- what if we change their religion or change <laughs> their uh, or change their uh, ethnicity? Yeah. Um, w- w- why not just make a new character? Yeah. You don't have to. You don't have to say, what if Spider Man was bitten by a frog? <laughs> <laughs> just make a new superhero that was bitten by a frog, right. Instead of calling it Spider Man and saying, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it, Tell a new story. It, you don't have to change. The existing it's, and it's the, fun to do that to sometimes, but to make it all about ra- to make it oh, all yeah, about yeah. race and the to make it thing. all about a, um, you know, like you're you're preaching it, you know, you're you're uh, you're preaching your uh, agenda and your ideology and well, everything that you do. What's fascinating That's to me is, the is that
1: part. it it the the whole premise seems to be built on this. Uh, ultimately racist idea that only white characters have the name recognition that you need to, to, to be accepted by the public. Mm-hmm. That's a racist idea, mm-hmm. as opposed to if I made a brand new character with a different name and a different story, and I and I did it well, and I presented it to the public, that they would they would accept and embrace this person.
2: So you it's, talk it's about the uh, diversity consultant racket. Yeah. Um, did you see the story uh, about the lifeguards? In LA, Jake, did you see this? I did not know. So, uh, big story. Did you see it out no, of California no, no. this week? Uh, people are getting upset because lifeguards are um, are, are uh, salaries are paid by taxpayers mm-hmm. because they are lifesavers. They're like they're like first responders. They're like first responders. They just work on the beach. Some lifeguards in California make as much as four hundred thousand dollars a year. No, and people are saying that's that rad. way that's too awesome.
6: much that for a. So way fantastic. The, the oh story God. is a little. It's a little. I mean, twisted. hey, good, if you're a lifeguard in California, right, Good, for good you, on man. you.
1: i hey, I'm not, not going to bash that at all. Hey, look, look. If I'm a lifeguard and I and I see a job posted for four hundred thousand dollars, <laughs> right. I'm well, going to take the job. It, and that's it. If I'm but not it, a lifeguard,
6: but, but and as it's a taxpayer, posted for four hundred thousand dollars, am going to imply. But as a taxpayer,
2: <laughs> now the, so, I should
6: have a say in what. So that there is. are a lot there's, there's right? well, a yeah, yeah. of There's only
2: a couple of there's only a a couple of lifeguards that make that much, but there's a whole bunch that make at least two hundred thousand dollars a year, and they're all on Baywatch. But <laughs> it's true. But the story is a little bit misleading when you read it. Like all these these uh, these lifeguards. Guards make four hundred grand. It, their base salary is actually more like a hundred, hundred and fifty. Oh, it's they. A, like, it's it's all they the put in tons and of things. overtime. Oh, and, and like okay. some of them is six figures worth of overtime. So they're oh. not, it's not necessarily like they're getting paid $400,000.
6: Well, you're and, also, you know, you're also supposed to tip the lifeguard every time you don't drown at the beach. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, I mean, like, and, are we factoring in that?
2: You know, and as, look, Thanks, man. It, it, look, and, and I don't, you know, lifeguards shouldn't be making more than police officers and firefighters, but any first responder that has to have that, that, that critical training, mm-hmm. um, and can, you know, save somebody's life, uh, because of that, of uh, that, of uh, the physical conditioning and the training that they have, I'm all for paying those people a fair wage. Uh, Four hundred thousand dollars does sound <laughs> yeah. uh, a bit much, but
6: uh, you know uh, well, they what they is are the, first responders. Would you so. rather have an overpaid lifeguard watching your back than an underpaid one? Though? <laughs> that, yeah, that's a fact. It that's, could it could just point. be a general safety thing. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. That's but, a fact. They're but, covering but I mean, their bases.
1: It sounds like though. I mean, if it's if it's mostly overtime, it sounds like they're just understaffing. Yeah.
2: Right. Right.
1: Because if 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 I could basically double my salary by working more hours, which many of them are doing, you could just pay somebody else unless, of course, maybe the benefits issue turns that into something like maybe maybe it would be more like six hundred thousand dollars from the government to have two lifeguards rather than. $400,000 400000 to have one working overtime. Yeah, so it's I'd owe,
6: overtime plus all the money that they're saving on sunscreen when they're doing the night shift. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they're making that, a killing. That should count. <laughs> and final controversy
2: of the week, uh, Wheel of Fortune. What? Did you see? No. Oh, so they're,
6: they're changing it into a square now. They. Ha-
2: <laughs> <laughs> so so the Wheel it's of Fortune apparently has a, a, a puzzle <laughs> on every show now that's a crossword puzzle-looking thing. Yeah, yeah. And so... Uh, it typically has like three or four words in the mm-hmm. cross puzzle in the crossword puzzle. And when you solve, you have to say just those words. Mm-hmm. so um this week, somebody it was uh, the the words on the screen were soul, flounder, cod, catfish. Oh, and he man. said, soul, flounder, cod, and catfish. Oh. And because he said and,
1: he didn't win. That's not fair. And this has
2: happened before. The last guy it happened to lost $2,000 and a trip, a vacation. Yeah, this guy, I don't think he lost quite that much. That hurts. But, yeah, asked to solve, said soul, flounder, cod, and catfish. And then, and then started how, clapping how it, like, yeah, on, yeah, how, how, and, "How much would you want?" <laughs> uh, this guy, I don't know. The last guy it happened to was he, it cost him two thousand dollars in a vacation, a trip oh, that he had won. That's a bummer. Yeah, so. Yeah. No yeah. thanks. Wheel oh, of man. Fortune. Okay, so they're so the are they going to change is the on. rule?
1: Is, is that the is that the controversy? That's what that they're the, saying? that's
2: what social media is demanding. Change the that
1: rule. That they Change the rule. Well, at the very least, and should be.
6: I feel <laughs> like and. I, well, uh, you well know? never mind. I thought an idea. I don't. I don't know. It's tough because I mean, like the word and is super important in a lot of like the, uh, the yeah. phrases. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's you know? true. That's they should put point. the
2: ampersand on the screen so it's there. So, people can say they it, should just and, dock
6: yeah. you points. It's yeah. like you added a word oh, minus 50.
2: <laughs> All right, we've got to wrap up this edition of the Week in Report. Download the podcast on the Odyssey app if you missed anything this week. Big thanks again to Bo Matthews for helping me out this week and Gabe Pfeiffer, St. John the Philosopher YouTube channel. Make sure you check him out over there. Uh, Producer Frank, producer Jake, thank you so much for your help. Uh, We will be back here next week for another edition of The Weekend Report. My name is Tony Colombo. Thank you so much for listening to 97.1 FM Talk. Enjoy the rest of your Easter weekend.